With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Tuesday, June 28th. I am heading out of town tonight doing that overnight flight to Paris. So, Mark, I just sent my doctor a request for some sleep aid. Do you do a sleep aid when you go on an overnight flight? I did it when we flew to China, but I, you know, I, I, I flew to Australia without it. So, no. What? I would never in a million years think of doing it all by myself uh, and, and not having a... Wait, wait, the, why not? The heck, well, you were younger when you went to Australia. I was younger. I was older for China. I don't know. I, like when I fly to Europe, I don't use it, no. What do you mean? When you get on the plane, you just go to sleep? Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to have much of a choice this time around. We'll see how it goes. Remember when uh, Jackie was in London and I would take that, there's this one overnight flight that I would take and it flies into city airport and it's an overnight flight. Not many London flights are, um, you know, overnight. They have a lot of day flights and it was like a ritual. I would go into the airport, have a little something to eat, have a little like half a glass of wine, take a little drug, get on the plane, go to sleep. And that's what's perfect. This is the show that tries to take the mystery out of your travel and your financial life. If you've got a question, go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button, and we will get your note. We are trying to do a bunch of emails because we know you got questions and not every single one of you wants to actually come on the air. So let's start with Marilyn, who is so excited because she says we just sold a rental property and they've got $200,000 in cash. Now, here's the the background. We did use the assets from our home to buy the rental. So should we pay down $230,000 loan at 2.5% or save the cash? Hmm. The income that they receive is Social Security, $3,883 a month. We've got $681,000 in an IRA account, and we draw the minimum required distributions a year. It looks like $53,000 in savings, 500 shares of a single stock. Um, the house payment is $1,800. Their taxes are high. The home is valued at $650,000. No car payments. And they have um, something in, let's see, they have some property in Arizona. What do they do with the money? So, Mark, one question I have, do you think that they are talking about a 2.5% fixed rate loan or do you think it's variable? That's what I'm questioning right here. I think it's fixed. Okay. If it's a fixed amount, if it's a fixed rate, then do not pay off the loan. Just keep it. Then what I would do is you would essentially take this $200,000 and you would put together a very boring portfolio and I mean boring, where we do a couple of things. See, the question about should you throw some money in I-bond? Sure. Out of the 200, let's go ahead and buy $10,000 for each of you in I-bonds. But for the rest of the money, you know, you've got uh, some money in savings. I'd beef up your savings a little bit. Maybe I'd buy even some laddered CDs. So if you have 50 in savings and now you've got another, say, 180 to add to that, I think that I would actually have, you know, maybe... 
10, let's see, 10 to $15,000 each in a one-year CD, a two-year CD, a three-year CD, a four-year CD, a five-year CD. I have like another 50 grand that's in CDs. And then the rest you can just have in a very, let's say, simple portfolio allocation of a stock index fund, a bond index fund, and an international stock index fund. Maybe we would say put 60% in an intermediate bond fund, 30% in a U.S. stock fund, 10% in international. Fine. That's good. All right. Good. All right. Angela has a home mortgage balance of thirty, about $35,000. She says, because of unforeseen circumstances, I have accumulated credit card debt and I want to know, should I refinance my mortgage now to pay off the debt or should I wait until the interest goes back down? Oh boy. We need more information because I don't know what the rate is of that home mortgage. If you could really pay that off quickly, then I might get a home equity line of credit, but I want to know, like, what is the projected income going to be? How are we going to address this debt? We need more information. We want to know if you have any other money that's socked away. Is there money in a retirement account? Is there money in uh, savings? Anything else? That's what I want to know. Okay. Bunny, I like that name, Bunny. Good morning, Jill. I enjoy watching you on CBS Mornings. Question, should I wait for interest rates to rise even more by the year end before opening a new CD? Mark, you want to keep, I mean, a lot of people have this sort of similar question, where are rates going? I mean, rates are going to go up. So I think that maybe you may, it depends how much money is going into these CDs, but maybe I would wait because I certainly would wait until September for sure because you're going to get another probably three quarters of a percent increase in July, maybe a little bit more in the September meeting, and then go from there. I think that's not bad. I like that. Uh, Lynn uh, says, I must say I was intimidated to ask for your advice, considering most of your listeners seem to have their finances in order. You know what? They don't. Come on. So she says, I've got a different scenario. How can I put more money away for retirement? I've been raising my two kids who are now 17 and 19 by myself for the past 10 years, and I get very little help from their father. The father's like $255 a month and it'll end at uh, age 18. Okay. Lynn makes 80 grand a year and she's got additional income from rental property and a car sharing company. And she's putting away $4,000 a year in her 401k. She's got $105,000. She's got a rollover IRA with $55,000. She's turning 55 this year. She's, I love my job. I'm going to continue to work for as long as I can. I am fine working well into my 70s as long as I'm healthy. My home is basically my nest egg. I owe $540,000. It's worth $1.2 million. How can I put more money away for retirement without having to sell my home? Also, I'm helping to fund my son's college education by paying his interest now on student loans. Any advice? Yeah, stop doing that. Here's what my advice is. You've done a lot for your kids. If you want to put more money away into your retirement account, do not pay for college. Let them take their loans out. Be smart about this and use whatever money you were putting away for them and whatever you're paying back in interest. Absolutely do not do this. You can't afford to do this. You need to put away more money in your retirement account. And the only way to do that is to talk to your kids and be honest with them. And to say, look, mom's got to figure out how to save for retirement. Otherwise, you kids need to take care of me. And that's not going to be fun. John says, here's the subject. What do these people do for a living? Just asking. 
He says, I've got a degree. I've always worked in my field. I've worked for a few successful companies. I admit at times probably done stupid things with money. That's why my wife handles everything for the house. She's better at it than I am. He says, when we listen to these people who complain about only a million dollars or so saved, they can't be average. I've always scored well above average on any and all aptitude tests since young and up to now in adulthood. And I've always had the most contributed to 401ks. I've nowhere near what I hear on your show. Am I just not listening to the correct people? Are the advisors of the companies I worked for just not informed? <laughs> John, first of all, you know, the people who just get on the air are the ones that ask to come on the air. So if you want and you want to come on the air, let's talk about what you have. And by the way, a lot of people have the ability to save, you know, they save money and they don't need to have a million dollars. The only reason why someone who's like, oh, I only have a million dollars and I can't live on it is because what would you're forgetting the other side of the equation. They are essentially saying to me, you know, I need to spend this much money, you know, and that's the difference because if you can live within your means and, you know, gosh, it's three grand a month. That's all I need. I need five grand a month. That's all I need. You may not need to save a million dollars. Okay. So what do these people do for a living? They're in fields that paid a lot of money. They're lucky. It's, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you go into a field. It's not that you're so smart or you're above average. It's like what you do. If you're a teacher, you're only going to make so much money. It's great. You get a pension. If you're a, a schlub on Wall Street and you're not even that good, you're going to make more money than that teacher makes in income. You just are. Okay, this is from Tracy, who says, I saw you on CBS Mornings today, and you were talking about student debt. I wanted to tell you that there is no way that most students can pay their debt within 10 years. Okay. Uh, my daughter went to UC Santa Barbara. Her debt alone is almost 30000 Mine and the parent loans is 80000 This is probably true for just about anyone who went to a UC school. I am sure I was a bit naive when I got her registered, but I had no idea that this would be such a burden. Oh. As it is, if I pay $1,000 per month on my own alone, I will not be able to pay it off before I die. Plus, in my retirement years, there will be no way to pay it on a fixed income. Anyway, I wanted to share my story as I really don't believe that most students can afford their debt. Thank you, Tracy. Tracy, thank you for writing in. You know, here's the thing. The whole reason you can pay off your loan within 10 years, one can, is if it was just that $30,000 that she had, not your 80. And I can't, we can't go back and figure out like, gosh, you know, I wish I hadn't done what I did. But this is why I continuously say that if you keep your borrowing, meaning yours, you, the parent and the kids, to a reasonable amount of money, then you'll be able to pay it off in 10 years. And right now, the average student loan balance for someone who's got a federal loan is $37,000. So if you're making 50 grand a year and you've got $37,000 student loan debt, you should be able to pay that off in 10 years. If you indulge, uh, and I know that sounds kind of, it sounds like I'm being judgmental. It's not indulge. What's the right word? If you choose to sacrifice your own retirement savings so your kid can go to a UC school and you are going to go to an expensive one and you, you don't want to go to a more affordable place, then that's going to be a problem. And also, what up with UC? Like, what is the in-state? Hold on a second. I want to see one thing. In-state tuition. In-state tuition is $14,406. I guess that maybe they live on campus. It's about 15 grand, 15, 30, 45, 60. That would make sense though, right? But why, what's with the 80? 
I guess that if you live on campus as an instater, you pile up that debt. Yeah. I mean, it sucks. What can we do? I don't know how to make that better for people, um, except to say, stop spending so much money on college. I hope she has a good job. Last one for the day, Mark. You ready? Oh, this is a good one. Thank you. This is from Jasmine. Subject, nowhere to run. Message, please sing more. Loved it. Thank you all for your commitment and dedication in continuously grinding out these shows. Respectfully ready for karaoke, Jasmine. Jesus Louise. Okay. Well, wish me luck au Paris. And thank you so much. Merci, merci for all of you guys. And uh, thank you for your wonderful questions. And thank you so much for allowing me to take a little break here. It's going to be fantastic. And if you've got questions while I'm away, Mark will be around in his Airbnb, obsessively checking the email, the inbox from you all. Go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button and let us know if you'd come on the air. We'd love Love that. Hey, don't forget, while I'm in Paris, the um, the way to support my ride for a cause is still on the website and it will be for the next couple of months. So if you feel inclined and you feel like, oh, I want to do something nice for someone today. And that nice thing is to click on that and maybe put five or 10 bucks in the till. That would be fantastic because I'm really trying to work hard to uh, raise a bunch of money for this cause. So if you want to do something nice for someone else today, there's an idea, but do something else also. No problem with that. You can always leave us a rating and review. That's free to do. And uh, just you know, take it easy while I'm away because I'm not going to be able to hold your hands quite as much. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. And yes, there will be shows every single day in your feed. So do tune in. Thanks for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.